Hey, 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 welcome to the Stinky Tofu Podcast. I'm your host, Daniela Furtado, and this is episode number two. Today's topic is toxic masculinity in the kitchen, and I spoke to Adam Koch about it. Adam is a chef. He's got more than a dozen years of experience working in different environments and different kitchens. And we talked about what it means to be a successful chef, if you have to be aggressive or not, the the effects of reality TV and if they perpetrate toxic masculinity in the kitchen. And we also talked about the relationships between female and male chefs. This is a really interesting conversation and um, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. If you want to see our show notes or learn more about our in-person events and Facebook group, check out our website at www.stinkytofufoodtalks.com. Also, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends and family or leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening. Your support will help us get more listens and produce season two. Hope you enjoy it. Adam, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to be talking about something completely new to me, completely unknown, because as a woman, I have no idea what what it means to be a man or or what toxic masculinity means in the kitchen. So, so thank you. I'm happy to be here. Do you mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and your career as a chef? Sure. My name is Adam Cook. Um, I'm 36 years old. I've been a chef for about 15 years, or th- that's at least how long I've called myself one. Um, I've been in kitchens for about 22 or 23 years. Started when I was really young, um, working as a dishwasher, doing some light food prep, mostly cleaning and that kind of thing, and just gradually worked my way up. Um, I went to school to be a teacher originally, and that didn't really pan out for a number of reasons. Um, I was also a musician at the time. I was in a band. We wanted to move across the country and try to put our cards on the table and be rock stars. Um, so we moved to Toronto in 2004. Um, and, I, you know, cooking was always a way to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really take it very seriously at first. I thought that it was just something that I was going to do until my other opportunities came along. Um, but the, the longer I spent in the industry and the more time that I, that I sort of spent and the more that I honed my skills, I realized that that's really what I want to do with the rest of my life. So now I've become very passionate about it and, um, I've had a, a, just a multitude of different jobs. Um, I've done anything from casual fine dining to catering, to sports bars, to breakfast joints, um, everything in between. And now I work for, uh, for a really big food service company. Um, I'm an executive chef. And I manage a team that does it's a business dining concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a client that is a, a large tech firm, and we serve breakfast and lunch to them um, every day. Um, I get to have total control over the menu. I've got a great team of people that are absolutely incredible. Um, and it's it's really fun. It's really engaging. And it's really inspiring to work with all those people. Awesome. It sounds like your your plan B became your plan A. That's exactly what happened, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really interested in talking to you because you have such a wide variety of experience. So before we get into it, can you tell us what does toxic masculinity mean for people that have never heard of it before? Sure. I've been thinking about this for a while now, and I don't know if there is a single definition for it, but I think that I can identify some some factors. And I think 
a lot of what you see, I mean, anything from, you know, sort of Mad Men style of this like whiskey swilling, uh, cigar smoking kind of guy who thinks that women are just there um, as as sex objects or women are just there to cook and clean and be wives. Uh, you know, anything from that sort of more traditional 1950s, 1960s, you know, very American male mentality um, all the way into a lot of the movements that you start to see now um, in, you know, where there's like the, the men's rights activists and there's all these guys that are that are worried about, um, you know, the rise of feminism as being a threat to some sort of masculinity. I think that that all bleeds into this um, this new sort of wave. And I mean, I, I don't want to speak as though I'm some sort of authority on it, but I just I see a lot of a lot of guys who act in a way that I find really troubling. I find a lot of men um, treat women as sort of second-class citizens. I find that there's a lot of inequality. Mm-hmm. I find that when um, when people talk about you know the, the wage gap between genders or they talk about gender equality or even just gender inclusiveness um, and the gender spectrum, that there's a lot of men in particular who tend to get uh, offended and they tend to almost like have this really kind of bucking reaction where where they 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 get their nose out of joint and and they think well oh, I, it can't it can't possibly be that way and what if what are all these feminists whining about or all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. I think I, there's a lot wrapped up in it um, I, I don't know that there's one single definition but I, I really do think that this idea that that men have to be defined in one way and women have to be defined in another and we need to keep them separate I think that's where to- toxic masculinity lies can toxic masculinity have to do with the relationships between men and the dynamics from one man to another. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, That's where you start to find a lot of that stuff in, um, uh, you know, growing up, the the boys will be boys thing where, Mm. you know, men aren't supposed to cry. Men aren't supposed to show any sort of weakness. Men aren't supposed to talk about their mental health. Um, Men aren't supposed to ask ask their friends for advice. Um, There's certain things that are manly and there's certain colors and there's certain hairstyles and there's certain things that men shouldn't do or shouldn't wear or you know i don't know like men shouldn't read certain books or or maybe just even reading instead of like you know listening to music and watching movies like Mm -hmm. there's lots of things that are just these stereotypes um and it definitely bleeds into the way that men deal with one another and then it also is problematic when it comes into um the gender spectrum right now more and more we're starting to learn that it's not just about men versus women and, and how men react with men that there's there's a whole spectrum to it and and I think that if we stay stuck in those those more traditional those more old school mentalities we're never going to have true equality. Mm-hmm. When it comes to toxic masculinity in the kitchen, I want to ask you about what you've seen in your career. Do you think that the more aggressive you are, the more successful you will be as a chef? Do you think that's true? I absolutely think that's true. Really? Um, I really do. I don't. I don't think it's right, but I definitely think it's true. I think that um, that when you are aggressive, when you act in that sort of very alpha way, um, when you make a lot of noise and just pound the table and yell until you get your way, um, that tends to be seen as decisiveness and power. Um, and I and I think that that is how people tend to advance. Mm-hmm. It's counterintuitive in a way because you shouldn't get ahead by acting that way in most other industries and I think that you probably don't in most other industries but there's something about the kitchen world where um, that aggression 
tends to lead to positive results for people. Have you seen examples of it not working or people fighting back? Only recently. Yeah, only recently. That's the thing is that um, in the last couple of years, maybe five, I don't want to put a specific timeline on it, but um, but yeah, it, it, it's only very recently that people have started to, to look at the, the food industry in general and say, you know what, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable working in that environment or owners and operators and, you know, operations managers are, are saying, we don't want that chef in our kitchen. Um, but prior to that, it, it was absolutely the kind of thing that I would see all the time and working my way up to be, you know, as a sous chef or something in a, in a role, um, you would see that kind of thing all the time that the chef would make a mistake and then he would, he would yell and scream at a server or, or a, a prep cook or something and blame somebody else. And then, um, the next thing you know, that person gets fired or that person loses hours or that person gets some sort of write up or punishment. But realistically, it was the chef that made the mistake in the first place. And really, that accountability is supposed to be on the chef's shoulders. That's the whole point of being a chef in the first place. Yeah. I imagine that must have a huge ripple effect. Like that must affect people's personal lives uh, if they're being treated that way or they're treating others that way in the workplace. Definitely. Um, I think it really affects people's mental health. Uh, it, it definitely affects um, the way that people view themselves. And, and it's, I think what, what ends up happening in terms of that ripple effect is you go home as a prep cooker or a, a busboy or dishwasher or whatever, um, and, and I think that what happens is you, you, a, a switch flips in your brain and you, and you think, well, I need to act that way mm. in order to get ahead in my career. Um, and in my 20s, I can definitely identify with that. I, did, I, was, I became that guy out of necessity. I thought that that was the only way that I was going to advance was to be that aggressive person that was always, um, you know, the first one in the last one out, the most stressed out person, the one who would freak out at, at the smallest mistake. Um, and it, it did work for a while. It got me into places, um, that aggression was noticed and it was seen, I think as a positive thing. And at what point did you did you stop? Did you make the decision that you didn't want to be like that anymore? <laughs> uh, my late twenties, I started a new role. Um, I was hired at a student uh, a student union for a college, mm-hmm. and um, the staff that was working under me trained changed really drastically from what I was used to. So um, I had always worked with industry professionals, people that knew um, that knew what they were doing, that had spent their life in the industry, and now I had a whole bunch of students um, for whom this was a lot of times their first job or their first job, at least in the culinary industry. And uh, I really had to soften my approach because what I noticed is that that mentality and that way of acting wasn't getting me the results I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, because these people weren't jaded and and uh, and they didn't have the thick skin that people that spend their life in the industry do, mm-hmm. um, they reacted very poorly to that um, that show of aggression, which is good. I mean, God, they should be reacting poorly to that. There's, there's no reason for anyone to act that way, but that's what I was doing. Um, and I, I learned very quickly that that wasn't getting the results that I was looking for. And so I really had to change my approach. So it was a very, uh, a very quick change and a very very conscious change that I just needed to mellow myself out. Um, I needed to take a step back and really evaluate what I was trying to do, uh, with my life, with my future, with my career. Um, and, and realistically, if that was the person that I wanted to continue being in order to get there. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm just trying to think, like, what 
you know, you had a personal experience. You had a, um, a moment in your career that made you make that change. But for a lot, I wonder for a lot of people, if they have that, if they ever come across that sort of experience where they have to change their approach, um, or, you know, what, what could inspire people to change? And I think a lot about the media. So do you think that the media is helping people, you know, question how they work? Or do you think it's perpetrating toxic masculinity in the kitchen? That's a complicated question. I, I think there's almost two sides to it. I think that um, the media in general... Um, and I'm speaking particularly from, uh, you know, obviously a North American point of view, but mm -hmm. the media in general and the way that um, anything from late night talk show hosts to stand up comedians, uh, you know, to um, just, you know, news and media in general is starting to really realize um, things like the gender wage gap. Um, you start to see the pink hat movement. You start to see. Um, movements where where women are calling out um, you know inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace and it's starting to get a lot more attention mm -hmm. um, so I think that there's a positive change happening there and the media is being um, in a lot of ways really helpful there's obviously a side to the media that's not there's the Fox News's of the world um, that I think uh, are doing way more harm than good but generally speaking I think the media um, is is on board with with that kind of changing tide um, particularly in Canada, I mean, we've got the CBC, um, which is a, a very liberal organization overall, and um, and the CBC has a lot of positivity in their media coverage. Um, when it comes to more like the reality TV and the Food Network, um, that might be changing a little bit too. To be honest, I haven't paid attention to the Food Network in a couple of years, but what I saw throughout a lot of the early sort of 2000s and in the last few years um, was anything from you know Anthony Bourdain. Maine, Maddie Matheson, Gordon Ramsay, um, you know, these guys who are very much the archetype of what I'm kind of talking about, these mm -hmm. guys who who were these, I mean, Gordon Ramsay's not a hard partying guy, but a guy like Anthony Bourdain, when he wrote Mission Confidential, um, you know, he, he was talking about um, doing like just absurd amounts of, of heroin and cocaine and working these long shifts and staying up partying all night and, and you know, this cycle of self-destruction and that was quite literally how he advanced in his career. And then he wrote a book that basically celebrated that. And I think a lot of us read that book, myself included, and went, well, that pretty much mirrors the lifestyle that I'm living right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have Gordon Ramsay on TV with several different shows where he goes in and starts yelling at people and throwing things around and, and berating them and making them cry. And it's almost like that became celebrated. And I think a lot of people growing up in the, in the industry saw that and went, oh yeah, okay, so I see my chef do that, and I see Gordon Ramsay do that, and I see, you know, other people succeeding because that's the way that they act, and it became this this archetype for what a chef is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think we've spent, you know, more than a decade now with that kind of culture, um, and you see more and more generations of, of chefs come up and think that that is the way that you're supposed to act, and there's this this idea that it's just perfectly acceptable for for chefs to act that way because they're these creative geniuses and they're these they're these you know master artists that no matter how toxic no matter how problematic their behavior is you have to just sort of let them um, do their thing in order to to be these geniuses. Yeah, and it's not just an archetype for for chefs, but also for leaders in general, right? Because chefs are seen as leaders, and they. Sure. 
this is a representation of what what leadership is for a lot of people. And I'm glad you brought up Gordon Ramsay because I remember the first time I saw his show, I thought, whoa, this is intense. Why would anyone ever do this? And yeah. it was just so absurd to me, so surreal that I thought it wasn't real. I thought it was just for entertainment. Have you ever wondered that? Is it? Does anyone know if that's how he actually is in real life? Well, Gordon Ramsay's a funny case in that in that sense because I think when you watch the old British version of um, oh sorry I'm blanking not Hell's Kitchen um, the one where he goes in and helps restaurateurs and does like a makeover and then they serve ah yes um, uh, I, I can't a, remember the name of it either <laughs> I, yeah me neither but there's but there's a British version to that show where his approach is a lot softer he goes into these restaurants and he helps people and the show was very much about food and it was about the story of the restaurateurs. And it was about him actually being very helpful. And he didn't just go in there and yell and scream. But when you get into the the American version of that, and then you get Hell's Kitchen, and you get all the different spinoffs um, of the different reality cooking shows and all that kind of stuff, Gordon Ramsay becomes this different person. And I think that it was propped up by the network that wanted to, to capture the same reality TV vibe of anything from Big Brother to Survivor, mm. but in a food app. And and so I think that there is a character there. I think Gordon Ramsay has a bit of a character where he yells and screams and calls people a donkey and throws things. Um, but I don't think that that's actually how he operates in his kitchen. And and in a way, that's even more problematic because yeah, if definitely. that's not how he actually operates his kitchen, but it's what everyone sees in how he operates his kitchen, it, it just further adds fuel to that fire, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Earlier you mentioned how female workers in the kitchen are treated. There's a, this gender gap, gap and there's um, this harassment. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Do you think there's been a shift in how female chefs or female workers are respected or disrespected in the industry? Yeah, I'm definitely seeing a little bit of a shift now. And um and I think you, we're starting to see a lot more female chefs and we're seeing more female restaurateurs um, and we're seeing a bit of a change of an approach. So I think that, that when, and this is a very general statement, but I think that females at the helm, so female chefs that are running their own kitchens, whether they're the owner, their operator, or just the executive chef, um, when they're running their own kitchens, they tend to be a little bit more laid back. They tend to be a little bit more inclusive, a little bit more collaborative. Um, and I think that's an extremely positive thing. Going back to the way that females um, have been treated for a good chunk of my career, there's been a lot of really problematic behavior. Um, there's a lot of these sort of comments that maybe could be seen as somewhat innocent of like, oh, you know, you can you can really hold your own on, on the line for a girl or, or, or those mm. kinds of things. And, and that's not necessarily, you know, I mean, that's problematic in its own way, but it goes further and further where there becomes um, a certain level of sexual harassment or groping or it's like, oh, I accidentally touched your butt while, <clears throat> while moving behind you and on the line or something. Um, and I, I really think that, that that has sort of bled into a certain amount of, um, of, I don't like, not that it became acceptable, but it just became so common that everybody just said, well, there's nothing that we can do to change it. But now in the last couple of years, we've seen the Me Too movement. We've seen, um, you know, workplace violence and harassment start to become at the forefront of, of media coverage. Um, and I think that that's where things are starting to change a little bit. And people are going, 
you know what, this isn't acceptable just because it's in the kitchen. It's not acceptable just because, um, you know, we're, we're all working in this like hot, uh, environment or whatever it is. Um, and the sexual harassment in, in kitchens and in the restaurant industry in general has been problematic for a long time, but we're only starting to kind of awaken to it now, I think. If you don't mind me asking, when you see sexual harassment take place in, or harassment in general towards women take place in your own kitchen, how do you deal with it and how do you recommend other chefs deal with it? I think shut it down immediately. Um, I, I think that uh, even if it seems like a relatively innocent comment, um, commenting on how someone, you know, their their appearance or whatever, or even just, you know, oh, they, they look good in those in those chef pants, or oh, I wish you could wear a skirt in this kitchen, or I don't know, these dumb little these comments, right? But um, I think shutting that stuff down immediately so that it doesn't lead into something that's more problematic down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think it's a show of a good leader to, to show your entire team that you're taking these kinds of things seriously. Um, you know, I've got a really diverse crew right now. Um, and he, I've, I've got people from all different kinds of backgrounds. I've got um, people all over the gender spectrum. I've got way different ages within my team. Um, and, and the thing that I, that I think is really good about the way that we run our kitchen is that I'm very inclusive. I want there to be a collaborative spirit to the, to the way that we operate. Um, and I don't allow any of that kind of thing. We joke around, we say inappropriate stuff. Um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of fun, but it's always with that air of inclusivity. It's not, Mm -hmm. we're not making fun of anybody for their appearance. We're not calling somebody out because they look a certain way or they dress a certain way or anything like that. Um, so we, we try to keep things sort of above that level, um, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. My advice would just be shut it down and show everybody in your kitchen that you, that you care for them and that you take them, them all seriously and you value them equally. Um, it's, it's a little bit too easy to take your sort of your top people and, and, and almost create a little bit of a weird click or a, a buddy system with them and then start to kind of ostracize the rest of the team. I think it's much it's much better and you'll you'll get much better results if you include the whole team and really draw on that diversity as a strength. Yeah, it takes bravery to do uh, to, to be that leader and to be so confrontational and vocal. It takes a lot of, of courage, but I'm sure it's definitely worth it. And I think conversations like these, um, like this one, it helps br- spread awareness and it gives people the confidence to, to take action and to be that leader. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. And, um, and yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. I, you know, this is a topic that, that has become um, a, a big passion of mine. And, and I, I see the movements around the world and I see where, um, where we're going as a society. And, and I really like it. And especially being in some, you know, a place like Toronto, we just had the Pride Parade this weekend. Um, it's amazing to see that a city like this that has this level of diversity is, is really embracing um, that as a strength. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of it because I'm, I'm genuinely passionate about it. Um, and I want to see things change in the industry. I, I want us to um, <clears throat> get back to being passionate about food, um, but without having all of the problematic behavior that comes with it. Yeah, and I think it's important that people in your position um, do what you're doing, right? And and speak up and, and care because you're in the position of 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 leadership, right? It, it, there's a lot of power right. and, or impact you can make. So thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.